You are listening to the Walk After Falling podcast. I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Happy Monday. I just want to introduce Enrica, and I'll let you pronounce your last name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, Enrica Sinkevichusia, but <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to, I've been listening to your podcast and have really enjoyed it. So I'm ex- excited to be here. Yeah, we're definitely excited to have you. And I just know from uh, all the all the times after small group that we've got paired up as prayer partners together and just using that time to get a little bit deeper into what we were feeling or walking through during those times. So I'm super excited to have you here to share that with more people and get that out there and get where you're at and how you're feeling. Um, so I'm going to leave it to Catherine to, to get you started here. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, just tell us about how you're doing right now. What are you up to in quarantine? And just like, what does a day in the life of Enrica look like? <laughs> yeah. So hello, everybody. Um, yeah. So I am a special education teacher. So with quarantine, um, you know, all schools are shut down. So Life has been very different. Um, it has definitely slowed down and uh, yeah, it just looks really different. So I feel like before um, the quarantine happened, I was sort of a little over my head. Um, you know, I was teaching and I was in grad school and I just felt like there was a lot going on. And then I feel like in a matter of a weekend, my life just like was put on pause Um yeah. So honestly, I feel, um, I don't know, it feels weird saying this, but it's just kind of the honest truth. I feel like this season of time has almost looked like a little bit of like a blessing in Mm -hmm. my life. Um, And I hate saying that um, because I know it's such a sensitive time, Mm -hmm. um, but I just remember saying to my small group and just different people in my life of like, gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this spring of Mm -hmm. like finishing up the school year and um, finishing up grad school and like all of the other things, like life things that are happening. I'm just like, I just didn't know. And so in many ways, um, I felt like I needed a break. Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't anticipate (laughs) it looking like this, um, but I have just... um, honestly, like truthfully, what's on my heart is like, you know, I feel like, um, I'm studying Joseph with some friends. Mm. Um, and, um, there's something that keeps coming up in the study is like, you know, what someone meant for evil, God used for good. Mm. And I mean, um, I feel like this is like a crazy time and, you know, um, a lot of bad things are happening, but Mm -hmm. God uses this for good in his like crazy ways. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, life uh, now looks like, you know, connecting with students virtually yeah. and um, having, you know, meetings across the school, but also just I've been walking a lot and just lots of Zoom calls and, uh, you know, FaceTime chats with friends. Um, so it's been good to like reconnect with people and or just have more time to connect mm-hmm. um, yeah. and slow down and just honestly kind of feel human again in like a really weird sense of like you could I could just take a deep breath and so yeah Yeah. I mean it's been weird and I think this season comes with a lot of emotion um but um I am sort of trying to see the blessing in it Mm -hmm. and um kind of cherish it for what it is and make the most out of it so yeah Yeah, that's for sure For sure. What does your support system look like in this season? I know your family lives close. So, you know, do you get to like go out and see them often? Yeah. So my mom and I are really close. 
so um, she has come over to my apartment and I've gone, um, I just live about an hour away in the suburbs where, mm-hmm. well, where my mom lives. So I've seen her um, and my brother lives in South Loop, so not too far. Okay. So yeah. I spent some time with my mom and my brother. Um, my brother turned 28 this week. So oh, wow. we um, ordered like mini mot last night and mm-hmm. my mom just got mm-hmm. some cake from the store and we just had this like little celebration. So oh, um definitely my mom and my brother it's just been good to like have them closed and um because as you guys know I used to live in California so my mom was even saying like gosh what like what a blessing that you're here and close and you're an hour away um Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah Yeah. so so on the same page with you with everything uh that's going on and you know just it's all perspective and and you know what we need in in different times and that's what it's really that's how life is people are going through different things in different times it doesn't mean one situation is better than the other you on one hand need to rest other people sometimes this is a time for them to kick it into gear they've been resting all year doing nothing and and now they're like I better start getting something going while everybody else is kind of stagnant too but but that's good we're glad to hear you're doing well um and yeah that you have the time to come and share and so I want to get I want to get right into into this with you I want because I want you to you have such a beautiful story that like we talked the other day on the phone we had no idea and that's where we're starting to realize (laughs) about people until you really give them a chance to talk and and share like you have no idea what some people have Mm -hmm. been where they come from even and, and what they've been through so you are our second guest that is uh from another country that was born in another country so tell us let's start there yeah well like i was telling you guys yeah i was born in lithuania but um you know our family moved to the states when i was two so i feel very american i would say (laughs) am but um but yeah that's why everyone asks like oh the last name and Mm -hmm. uh so yeah, um, my parents are both 100% Lithuanian, and you know they were born and raised there, and then we moved here when I was two. So that's yeah. the backstory. Nice. So tell us a little bit about like growing up. Like, what was it? Uh, did you come to faith right away? Did you grow up Christian? Did you grow up Catholic? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, you know, I my parents were from Lithuania, which is a predominantly Catholic country, and so. When we moved to the States, we moved to Chicago, um, which is like actually a hub for Lithuanians. But um, there's uh, like several uh, Lithuanian like community centers that, um, you know, involve like a church or a school. So um, growing up, uh, you know, we went to the Catholic church there. And um, I mean, I remember like not loving church in the sense of like, I didn't like all the, like, you have to be quiet. I remember my mom (laughs) wouldn't want me to like cross my legs and this and that. Um, but, um, you know, we also lived out our faith at home. Like I remember, you know, my mom reading us like the children's Bible before we went to bed. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I don't know, as I grew older, I'm thinking about like middle school. I remember I was really always intrigued by faith, not so much religion. Like I really didn't love the Catholic church that I was going to. And I think at the time I didn't really have the language to be like, Oh, this is Catholic and this is Christian and that's a Lutheran Mm, church. And this is a non-denom church. (laughs) Um, But I remember, I just like, I remember uh, my Lithuanian church had um, like uh, not first communion, but um, I can't think of the word. Um, like your Catechism, right? CCD. Yeah. Yeah, stuff, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I remember like asking my mom to do it. Like she never brought it up and she was like, yeah, of course. And um, I don't even think my brother did it, but I was like, me and my friend were like, let's do it. This could <laughs> be fun. And this, so um, I remember like I always really wanted to like explore my faith, mm-hmm. but I didn't really love like going to Catholic church, but um, growing up, I had a really close group of, um, friends and several of them went to different churches around the area. And so they would invite me to like youth group or, you know, a worship night or something. And I taught, um, children's ministry at one of their churches. And so, um, 
kind of middle school going into high school, I got involved um, really in uh, one of my friend's non-denominational churches and joined the, you know, um, a small group there and went to, you know, their like youth group. And I was just like, wow, like this is kind of what I've always wanted. You know, it just felt very dynamic and engaging. And um, like, I just felt the Holy Spirit there and the worship was so powerful. Um, So I don't know the way I I don't think I was ever someone who didn't believe. Mm. And I think even when I, you know, went to Catholic church growing up and everything, like I really believed in God. And, um, you know, I remember like my mom would always teach us to pray. And like, you know, my mom was, she's just a woman who, you know, lived her, you know, lived her life by a very, you know, you know, like God's going to take care of Mm. us and God's in control. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, something I always grew up with. So I, you know, Prayer was a part of my life. I think, um, I don't know if I really had this like relationship with Jesus, but um, I think it definitely developed middle school, high school. And then, um, you know, I feel like in high school, I was really active in my faith and, you know, as part of a small group. And just, I remember like getting excited to read the Bible and, you know, different Christian books. Um, And so I remember when it was time to choose a college, which I was sort of talking to you guys about, Mm -hmm. I remember being like, gosh, I feel like I've grown so much. And this is such an important part of my life. I really want to go to, um, a school that is either a Christian school or someone, a school that has a strong Christian ministry. Um, So, I mean, go applying to colleges was a really crazy experience because, you know, my parents didn't go to college in the States. So they were like, my mom was sort of just like, well, your brother kind of just applied to some colleges and went. She's like, you know, like they didn't really know how to help me. Yeah. So um, I I like applied to, I think, 18 schools because mm, I just wow. had no idea Man. what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and somehow I just, I remember visiting Calvin College where, you know, I ended up going and just mm-hmm. I know um, like, that's our rival at trinity (laughs) (laughs) yes i feel like the christian school world is very small Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah i remember just going there and honestly i wasn't i always thought if i was going to go to a christian school i was going to go to hope because Mm. someone from my church went there and spoke really highly of it but I just remember going to Calvin and something just like felt right and um then I went back with my mom and my mom was like wow like We just felt something there, like talking to the professors and everything. And so anyway, so all that to say, I feel like so passionately about Calvin because I feel like it truly defined my faith. Mm. Um, Obviously, I was very eager to grow in high school, but I just feel like the people I met there, the professors who influenced me, um, just like the classes I got um, to take, but also just like the Christian community that you got, I got to be part of there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I just, I am like so grateful by that, like by the grace of God, I ended up there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I might have to to edit all that out because I work for Trinity, so I can't have you promoting Galvin on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so, um, that was really, you know, transformational for me and I just, I truly loved it. Mm -hmm. And I think some people were like, you know, I I went here because my parents went here or, (laughs) you know, um, you know, like, um, and like at Calvin, like you didn't, I think some Christian schools, like you have to go to like chapel and you have to sign in and Calvin, you don't have to, it's like you go if you want, but I I just, I always went, like, I always loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. just like the opportunity to grow and connect and, um, that's good. Yeah, and that's what, that's so, what, that's exactly what it's about. Like just having, having it open as an invitation. You know what I mean? When totally. you, when you, you, do you really want people to go and sit somewhere that they feel like I have to be here? And those are the mm-hmm. ones sitting in the back on their phone, just completely withdrawn. You know what I mean? Like that, you don't want, mm-hmm. you don't want people to have that experience and you don't want them to, to kind of bring bring the joy down of what's happening around them so like I love the fact that like schools that have chapel like the ones that make it um just an invitation to come and experience it it's there if you want to if you don't want it it's still going to be there whenever you're ready and that's awesome yeah um but yeah, so that's sort of, um, you know, kind of where I think a lot of my faith developed. Um, and then I can talk about a little bit 
kind of post that. Yeah, um, like yeah. We talked he about, said you're in California. Yeah. So um, after Calvin, I graduated and I took a job in California in San Jose in the mm. Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, honestly, I remember being a senior in college and being like, I will go anywhere. The world is so big. The United States is so big. I still I feel that way. <laughs> and um, I was like, the last place I want to go is Chicago because oh I grew up there. Or, I mean, I'm from the suburbs. <laughs> or like, I'm just like, the world's so big. Just, I'll go anywhere. And so, of course, I was like, California, amazing. This is perfect. <laughs> this is a dream. Um, I'm like, this is just meant to be. And so um, went out to California with a program called Teach for America. Mm. And um, yeah, I just learned so much so quickly. And um, so I shared with you guys, uh, the Bay Area is like one of the largest unchurched areas Mm -hmm. in the United States. Um, And, you know, of course, it's like Silicon Valley and just so much tech and Um, it's just such an interesting part of the world and uh, of the United States. And I think, you know, I had just grown up in all of these like Christian subcultures, even though Mm. I went to public um, high school, we had like young life ministries and different things that like being a Christian wasn't like all too weird. It honestly, to me felt like everybody was a Christian. (laughs) Um, And, and I don't know, that was probably very, very narrow minded of me, but um, I just remember, um, you know, moving to the Bay and being a Christian was really weird. Like people were really shocked. They're like, well, you're a Christian, but you're liberal and you're doing teach for America. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, and I just slowly started to realize I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, I can't just like blend in with the crowd, nor do I want to. But now I'm sort of on this journey of like, okay, what, what does my faith mean to me? How do I, you know, you know, who am I as a Christian? Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was hard. And like I mentioned to you guys, I don't have this figured out. I think it's still a big struggle for me of like, because I don't want to be a representation to non-Christians of what Mm -hmm. a Christian is because I don't want to mess it up, you know? And I know I'm just like, I don't want that pressure. (laughs) Um, But my faith is so important to me, but it's, it's been hard. And I think I'm still trying to navigate now. Like I was telling you guys, you know, what does it look like to live out your faith, Mm. but not make it, you know, abrasive and in people's faith. Um, It's such a fine line. It's such a fine line, especially when you have people who might be your family or super close to you and they might have their own views on it or their own beliefs or their own hurt. And how do you continue to live the way you feel like you have such a, you know, when you have such a strong relationship with God and you feel like, man, my life, like my life isn't complete without that. But then these people feel like, you know, I could do with it or without it. Like, how do you walk that line? That It, it, it is tough. Right. You know, it's funny yeah. too. And we actually had this conversation in Alpha this past week about how you share your faith. And um, a verse that they brought up for us was 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. And it says, um, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak man- maliciously against your good behavior in Christ mm-hmm. may be ashamed of their slander. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. I, when I heard that, I was just like, okay, but you make it seem so simple. And then <laughs> like you try to put it into practice, yeah. but it really is like, it breaks down to of like being respectful, but always having that answer. Mm-hmm. And I think like something I know I struggle with is like, I, I'm so afraid of being disrespectful that I feel like I don't have an answer. And it's like that fear and like almost it's like, it's a shame that Mm -hmm. I know it, it shouldn't be shameful to have this, but Mm -hmm. when, you know, Christianity just as a whole has, you know, some people have used that to like be hateful, really. It's, um, you, you really want to be like the, the anti that, like, you know, like you want to be 
Um, you want to show them a different side of, yeah. of, of what they've viewed and what they've experienced. Yeah. Because we know totally. that like they might have come across people who were self-serving in that. And, and that's what it's about. Um, not to get too much into that. Cause I want, I love your story and where it's going, but I remember like, uh, one of my old pastors used to say that it's not even, uh, like Christian, Christian was a derogatory term that was used to people who follow Jesus. Mm. Like people who follow Jesus are really disciples but but to to be a disciple of Christ is to live boldly and we talked about that on the phone mm-hmm. as far as far as the boldness it, it gets hard to live in that boldness because you don't want to offend people but you know <laughs> where's that balance so tell us yeah. a little bit more about like your your walk with that yeah I mean so I think you know what was hard and was that the people I was meeting in California were the most loving, most justice-seeking, passionate people who honestly, you know, and I know we'll talk about this later, like my year in California was one of the hardest years in my life. Mm -hmm. And these people who, you know, I had um, one Christian who was my roommate, she was a a dear friend, but everybody else um, wasn't. And like that community supported me and loved me during Mm. like a really challenging time in my life. So I think for me too, it was like, you know, this like almost a conflict of like, okay, I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to like, I don't know what my role is, but like these people are like filling me up Mm. and like taking care of me and loving me and being like light to me. So I think it's just messy and um, it's hard and it's not what you think. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, like, you know, we're supposed to be the light as Christians, but like what happens when someone else is being your encourager and you're, you know, you're the Christian. So uh, yeah, I'm still navigating that because I, I really, um, I think, I, I think I'm a person who I don't want to make people uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to share my faith. Um, What's or, your Enneagram but, number? Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, a very strong two. Okay. I'm an Enneagram two. <laughs> I was going to um, say with, a two with, or a nine. <laughs> yes. With a one wing. So mm-hmm. yes, I love the Enneagram, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend people. I don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. I don't want to, I want to love people where they're at. And I, I don't want to extend any judgment, you know, or, you know, have people think that, you know, I think I'm better than them for mm-hmm. any reason. So um, I think I'm just a person who's, I try to be aware of other people and sensitive. And so sometimes that gets in the way of me sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just, I feel like I've just found myself in communities with people who aren't Christian, but they're, they're so good. They're so, you know, justice oriented and like loving and kind and generous. And it's just, I think it's hard for me because it's like, you probably don't know, you don't, your life is good. Like you, you know, and so Mm -hmm. like, what can I offer you? You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's something I've definitely been navigating um, and trying to figure out for myself, for sure. Yeah. And that's so interesting that you say that, like, specifically, because as, you know, we're not Enneagram experts or anything, but, like, <laughs> as a two, like, that's, it's the helper. Like you, like you said, if you don't have anything to offer them, it almost feels like there is nothing of value. Yeah, well, I never made that connection, mm. but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know what yeah. I was thinking, Enrico, when you were saying that too, and this kind of re, uh, goes back like maybe a minute or so in, into what you were saying, but um, I feel like maybe we in general, like because we know that we are Christian or because we know we have a relationship with, with Jesus, with Christ, and we grew up in church or we just came to it, we feel like we have this obligation um, which, which makes it, more pressure on us to like be the one that makes it easy for everybody. But like you said, there's people, you know, the Bible says like God is love. You know what I mean? So those people, Mm -hmm. even though they might not know it, you know, they probably are showing you the love of God, but you, you know, so it, I feel like don't feel 
like it has to always be one sided is and, and I'm not just telling you this I'm saying in general because I know I get like that too where I have to be almost for me myself extra with people in that and mm-hmm. and making it easier for them and all that but those people are so I mean you'll meet people that don't maybe claim to have a relationship with Christ at all and they are the nicest most loving most helpful people there are you know selfless yeah. and giving and yeah. I I believe they don't even know that they're showing the love of God because mm-hmm. if God is love then then he shows up in all of that no matter what they claim what what title totally. what religion whatever it is and I think that maybe we we all as a whole just need to kind of like relieve that pressure. God didn't create us to put pressure on us. He created us to encourage and multiply that word. So I just want to like, I, I want to shed light on that because you brought up such a good point that mm-hmm. I feel like people need to hear like there's no pressure on us. Right here, what we're doing, what you're doing, sharing yourself, being vulnerable to how God is working in your life is exactly how you continue to um, make that line just completely flush and, and have no boundaries to it. Yeah, that's a great point. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that year in uh, San Francisco you were talking about was one of the hardest years of your life. Can you kind of go into a little bit of why that was? Yeah. So I was sort of actually reflecting on that after our phone call too. Um, I think I was I was sort of, you know, kind of reprocessing that year too after our conversation. But mm-hmm. I think I kind of was realizing, I think that when I was in college, I felt like things were so smooth sailing. Like I had a great group of friends and I did well academically and I got to study abroad um, multiple times. And it just felt like, not that it was easy, but every, like, I just, I felt joy and I felt, it just felt like all the pieces were, you know, falling together, you know? Mm not to say that there weren't challenges or anything, but it just Mm -hmm. felt like, I don't know, it just felt good. And, um, you know, I, and so then when I moved to California, life just got really hard. Um, one of the things I was telling you guys is that, um, within a couple of months of moving to California, my dad passed away Mm -hmm. and, um, that was just, um, a really complicated, um, thing because I was going through a lot of stress um, because uh, the program I was part of, it was um, really intensive. Um, We were, you know, doing grad school and training to be teachers. And I didn't even study to be a teacher. I studied social work. So Mm -hmm. it was really intense. And of course, you know, I was in a new place and new people and the transition out of college. And then, you know, my dad passed away. And it was, you know, and it was hard because I was, when you're experiencing grief, you want to be with people that know you Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and I had developed friendships with people, but it was like, everything is new. And then now this happens. And to be honest, I didn't know how to process it because like I mentioned to you guys, um, I didn't really have a relationship with my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, he wasn't, you know, really present during my life, but, Um, so that really complicated it. And, um, you know, I always tell people because I think when you have someone who passes away, people, um, kind of have, you know, this image of grief, um, or or like, you know, what grief should look like. Mm -hmm. And for me, my grief was completely different Mm -hmm. and I wasn't grieving the loss of, you know, my dad, I was really grieving the loss of a dad I never had. Mm -hmm. And, um, I say that because, you know, it was navigating that was very confusing to myself and the world, right. And the people who surround me, because, you know, I'm trying to like navigate, like, what should I be feeling? And I'm feeling all these weird, you know, emotions Mm -hmm. and, um, how do I process this complicated relationship with my dad Mm -hmm. now that he's, dead. And, um, I mean, this, this sounds so like vulnerable to say, but, um, like, I don't want to glorify or make up what this relationship Mm -hmm. isn't or wasn't just because he passed away. I just, 
you know, I think that when someone loses someone, we just immediately, you know, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he, you, you must've been so close. This must be so hard. And it's really hard to explain to someone like, actually this grief looks completely different and I don't even know what I'm supposed to be feeling right now. And I I don't even know what to do in this situation. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think it just made me realize of like, people loved me so well during that Mm -hmm. season of like, like people like carried me through my year. And that wasn't the only thing that was hard. I think it, uh, you know, I could talk about a little bit more of, you know, other factors, but Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it's just like navigating grief and like realizing how uncomfortable, you know, we all are with it and we just Mm -hmm. don't, we just don't know what Mm -hmm. to do with it. Um, um, but anyway, I think, you know, um, kind of that year in California, I think that, you know, I was going through just this like really intensive program and I was in a new, I was like in this beautiful state, right? Like I was Mm -hmm. in the Bay, like the beach was there, the mountains, like, you know, like it was beautiful, but I realized like as time went on, I was so stressed out and I was so overwhelmed and I was trying to process what was going on with my Mm -hmm. dad and work was really hard and all these things. And, um, finally like actually some friends were like you know you should go see a therapist Mm -hmm. and like I studied social work at Calvin (laughs) and I'm like so pro therapy like I never had any shame but for some reason when everything was happening it was just like I can't even think about like finding a therapist right now or Mm -hmm. figuring that all out. Um, And so, you know, I went to therapy um, to sort of try to um, grieve or Mm. figure out, you know, what I should be feeling about my dad and everything, Mm. but really just uncovered so much of like, gosh, I was, first of all, this year in California is not what I expected Mm. for the year after I graduated college. (laughs) Like, you know, I feel like there's this like, unspoken thing like nobody prepares you for life like the couple of years after college when you're just like who am I who do I want to be like all of these things and I was I just felt like life just like (laughs) surprised me you know (laughs) and I don't know I think that I don't know, like I mentioned to you guys earlier, like I feel like I was a person who I was like, okay, when am I arriving? Like, Mm, what's the next mm -hmm. thing? Like when I'm going to feel like, yeah, I made it or I'm good. And I don't know if I had this expectation that like, okay, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to get my job and then things are going to be good. And then Mm. I'm going to start building my life. Like, I don't really know what I had um, kind of like thought of in my head, but I just felt like every expectation I ever had just like, broke under me I was just like Mm -hmm. what is happening and um I don't know I just you know um I started going to therapy and I think I just started to realize like I do not like this person of me that like Mm. under all this stress and everything I just don't like me right now and um I think this I'm saying this because you know I was supposed to be living boldly in my faith. And I was a Christian with all these non-believers and I was supposed to be, you know, this light. And, um, I just feel like how I was just, how am I supposed to be that when Mm -hmm. I feel like my world is crumbling, like every expectation that I had for myself or what I thought of life would be like, I just, I don't even like who I'm becoming in this season of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, and then, you know, that's where the, all the internal conflicts Mm -hmm. are coming of like these people who are non-believers who love me and care for me so well, like they're the ones who are my light and my encouragement. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't know how to like live in that, you know? Um, So putting that all together, what, what do you feel like was your damaging thought through all of that or, or continues to be within that to this day? What do you feel like you tell yourself that you know is not true? Oh, that's good. Um, Well, I think through all of that, um, I definitely felt like, 
um, and I still feel this way, like I have to do to be loved, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> or I have to give to be loved mm-hmm. or I, or not even to be loved, but to be productive or wow. to be a productive person or mm-hmm. to like mean something to people. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's like, I just felt like I had to like be the best at work and be the best friend and be the best roommate. And like, wow. I want all those things, but I feel like that's where my worth was like being, mm. you know, defined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel um, like that drains you even more? Like, you know what I mean? Like thinking all these things, if you do them right or the right way, or if you, you know, come through on this way, you're going to have all this energy and you're going to feel good, but it almost yeah. makes you feel even more drained. Oh yeah. And I mean, during this season, like I'm such a people pleaser. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think like, (laughs) call out to episode three. (laughs) She's also a two. Yeah. Um, Oh yes. I listened to that. I I felt like she was speaking my soul. I was like, I don't know her, but I feel like I know her. (laughs) That's so cool. You guys live in the Bay, lived in the Bay area. She's from the Bay area. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that like, so if my identity is wrapped up in, you know, being something to somebody or yeah. earning my worth through loving people or doing this or being a good employee or being a good friend that when you feel completely depleted and exhausted and overwhelmed, mm-hmm. then what? Then like, wow. where is your worth? Mm-hmm. And then um, that's where like the shame comes in too, because you're like, well, if I, if I can't be enough for this person or help this person, then like, then what am I? And then you get down on yourself for like not having the energy to do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know, it was like, I don't feel like I'm being the friend I wanted to, to the people who were back in the Midwest, who are my friends Mm. or friends who found themselves other places. Like I was just exhausted. I'm like, I couldn't even catch up with my own life, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just, I just, yeah. Like I was saying, like, I just did not like, I was like, I need to, something needs to change because I do not like who I'm becoming. And I, and, um, you know, I, I mean, I still wonder, you know, uh, to this day, like, okay, God, what was, Mm. what was your plan for me (laughs) being, um, in, in California, you know, um, like what was that all meant for? And, you know, I, and I, I know some of the reasons, like I have amazing friends, right. And I, I learned so much and I feel like, Um, I'm so, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, I feel like hopefully I came out stronger on the other end, but, um, um, I was listening to, um, a podcast this week and there's a quote that, um, really like resonated with Mm. me. Um, and it's by Emily P. Freeman. And, um, she says there are things that have value in life even if you don't know what they are for. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I feel like we are sort of a society that we want to know the value of what was this experience? What is the Mm -hmm. value of this? What's the value of that? Mm -hmm. And like, I still, I think I'm still trying to figure out like, what was that year for? You know, and this is almost two, two years ago. Like, what was that? what was the meaning of that? Like, what was God trying to teach me? And like, Mm. what, what does all this mean for my life? And I I kind of love that, you know, I feel like even like I was telling you guys, I'm like, I don't have it all figured out guys. Like, I don't know. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I kind of love the beauty of that of like, you know, even if you don't know what the value is, like God still can hold value in those things. Mm -hmm. Um, so, And I just felt like I texted it to my friend. I was like, this is like so meaningful to me because we, we just want to like, no, like, yep, this is a hard time in my life and now I'm this way. And so, you know, that's why that happened. And (laughs) it's so, it's so comforting for us to kind of tie it up in a bow and be like, move on Mm -hmm. um, rather than like, kind of like sitting with it of like, I don't know, but like God will Mm -hmm. teach me and at some point and Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think you're you're kind of saying what that year was for in a way, too, because when you talk about the people that that were around you that showed you love and the people that were nonbelievers that showed you that kind of love and kept you through that time, it showed you another way that that God works. You know what I mean? So even if even if it's nothing 
uh, significant that was like, man, I did this and this was the milestone I made when I was in the Bay Area in, in San Jose, California. And, you know, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't become a surfer or anything, but you know, he used I people. Did, I did go did surfing you? a couple oh, okay. of times. Well, good. I you can't leave without failed. doing that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm more of a paddle boarder if I can ever get on the water. But, um, but really like, I think it was just, yeah, just thinking about that God showing you his love in in maybe a way that you never would have experienced if you didn't go to California. And I think too, like you can continue throughout your whole life taking things from that season. Mm. You might be able to see when you're 50 years old, like something from that year that you were like, oh my gosh, it never made sense to me until now. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still looking back on like my year of being 17 was such a big year for me. And I feel like in my, Mm -hmm. when I'm with my therapist, I still like reference back to that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I never realized that like 17 year old me was doing those things. So it's like those, those seasons that are so big and so difficult, like you'll continue to draw back on those and, and see things when you do have like more perspective and a clearer vision, Mm -hmm. I think too. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and this is like top, top of mind because I've been reading, um, about Joseph, but, Mm -hmm. um, something I've been learning in my Bible study is that, um, when Joseph was, sold into slavery and kind of like, why, why did God allow that to happen? Mm -hmm. And the whole um, kind of study is about how God just uses these really hard times to purify you and, you know, purify you so you could come out as like gold. And I just, I love that because I think I'm a person who like, I want to know the meaning of things Mm -hmm. or like, you know, how it's going to make me better. And so I love just the idea of like, you know, God does use really hard times. Um, and it takes time, but, um, you know, he's purifying us and he's kind of like making us better and, you know, drawing us closer to him. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, when people work out they're you know, when people lift or work out they're they're tearing those muscles, you know what I mean? They're tearing them. And then when they're, when they're growing back, they're growing back stronger they're growing back harder they're growing back Mm. bigger so if we think about being uh in the body of christ you know it doesn't like he says it you know some people are the eyes some people are the feet some people can be the muscle some people can be the muscle in the body of christ and some we have to be broken down you know what you know, in order for there to be a resurrection, there has to be death. In order for there to be more strengthening, there has to be weakening. So just going mm-hmm. through those seasons of life, you can always take those times where you just feel like, man, I've fallen in this, but you know, I'm coming back even stronger because I'm leaning on the the, the word of God. I'm leaning on his promises. Yeah. And those are the things that feed you, continue to grow you. And, and just being able to share that, like Catherine said, you can pick apart and you'll probably remember things you didn't even realize back from that year in California or just have a really cool story to say you lived in California. I mean, (laughs) we all say we want to go there and we never do. So I give you props for that. (laughs) But, but just thinking about that in those ways and, and simplifying it for ourselves. And I think I mentioned this in small group. um, The last round that you guys were in, it was just not making it so hard. Like we, you know, being faithful, Mm. we feel like having faith and being faithful is so hard or believing in this or that is so hard, but really maybe God gave us everything we need. We just, we'd have to come at it from more of a simple aspect in that way and break it down. Cause we always think so ahead instead of thinking in the moment. And that's why when we look back, we're like, Oh, I see it. Cause it's so hard in the moment to see that, but man, yeah. Like, I just, uh, I really love how your story is formulated through these different seasons and how you never faltered. And I just want to know what is that true north for you? What holds that all together that you know now, now combating all those things that you feel are negative or damaging thoughts, what do you hold on to every day going forward? Yeah, well, a couple of things came to mind for this. Um, sort of to counter some of my damaging thoughts, um, I kind of have this um, like phrase going through my net, through my mind of like God was faithful once he'll be faithful again mm. um, and that I feel like in college I heard a sermon about um, how God provides manna right yeah. like the the bread of every day and 
I feel like my like, you know, one true north, I guess, is that God will provide, right? Like yeah. just enough for you to get through every day and like God will sustain you through that. Um, and then um another thing that we talked about, um, just lately that I've been learning through therapy. And it's funny because my therapist in California told me this and now my therapist in Chicago is telling me this. <laughs> Confirmation. Um, so, um, but uh, I mean, they've said it in different ways, yeah. but it's um, sort of like be your own good mother of mm. like, um, take care of yourself wow. and um, not just like this self care, but like, truly love yourself and like nourish yourself um, so that you can, you know, be present and with others and live like a good, you know, fulfilling life um, or just like the life that you want, have energy to show up for your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think that, you know, as a people pleaser, it's just, you know, I'm all about self care and, you know, you'll see me like I'll put my face mask on and I got my <laughs> you know, like devotionals, but like, you know, I guess for me, it's like being my own good mother, like actually putting up boundaries for myself Mm. and like actually being okay with disappointing people and Mm -hmm. um, not doing things that um, are just to please other people, but like making a a decision that's like right for me. Um, And like, uh, I think the first time that I really had to do that is when I was leaving California And, um, because the program that I was doing, it's a two year program. And so I was sort of placed in San Jose for two years. Mm. And so leaving after a year, a lot of people were like, well, I don't know. We're like all (laughs) in this together. Like you should stay, you know? And, but for me, I'm like, I know, like, I know in my heart of hearts that Mm. like, I need to go back to Chicago. (laughs) Ironically, the place that I said I would never move back to because, you know, the world is so big. (laughs) Um, But so it almost felt like, you know, I was honoring what I needed, but disappointing other people. Mm -hmm. And that was super hard for me. But I feel like that was the start of like, you know what, you have to put yourself first Mm -hmm. and you have to honor you know what your body needs and what your soul needs and what you need and it's okay to disappoint others and you know what people are still going to love you you know and they're still going to you know that doesn't change your worth um Mm -hmm. so kind of like be your own good mother of like what would a good mother you know what would a good mother say or what would a good mother do um yeah i I love that too because i think a lot of times when we say self-care we think of those things like face masks and you know all the all the good things yeah. that are like you know oh, they, yeah. essential oils yeah and yes. oh, I, love all those things. Yes, I love all those things too guys <laughs> right and those things like there's a place for them but it's also it goes like a level deeper where mm. it's like what would like a good mother want you to do right now and boundaries is one mm. of those things that mm. is you don't realize how much it ties into your self-care, especially when you're someone Mm -hmm. who gives and gives and like your identity is even tied up and how much you give and help to set those boundaries is telling yourself that, no, that's, that's not my identity. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So with all of that, Enrica, like what would, uh, what would be like your words of affirmation for people that have gone through the things that are similar to things you've gone through or had a season somewhere that they just can't figure out why they were there or why God led them there or or (laughs) what made them choose that place in in their life and, and bring Mm -hmm. them full circle. What would your words of affirmation be? Wow. Um, I mean, I feel like this sounds so cliche, but like, we like really follow a God that is almighty, but mysterious in his Mm, ways. mm. And, you know, he, he has a plan. And I think that like, when you're kind of like in the trenches, like you have no idea. Mm. Um, And just, I don't know, I think stay present with God and, um, you know, know that he sustains you every day. Um, and something I'm, you know, trying to learn for myself too, like he doesn't just sustain you, but like he'll, he blesses you abundantly, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, 
and, and you never arrive, right? Like no. you never like, Oh, we're mm-hmm. here. You're good. You're comfortable. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of like kind of what your podcast is about. It's sort of about the walk with God. Right. Yeah. But I love um, that. I love that, that arriving, like that's right. We chase so, so, so much to get to somewhere and yet we probably haven't even boarded you know what i mean we haven't even we haven't oh even God. boarded or, yes. or scratched the surface of where we're gonna end up that that part of our story for some people no matter what age they are it probably hasn't even started yet and that's something oh, to look God. forward to in yeah. itself mm-hmm. yes and, and you know and then when when we think we arrive right or mm-hmm. when we're like okay i think we're you know it's like we have it's almost like selling God short because you don't mm. even know what he has. Exactly. You know, like I, you know, I just had no idea what God even had for me in Chicago. Things that, you know, I wanted, but I just didn't even know God would, you know, provide it so richly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. um oh, yeah. that's so good. That's so good. So with all of that, like what do you what are you up to these days? What do you what what's your next plan? You feel like you haven't arrived. And I know, I know that's going to be an answer you can't answer <laughs> or a question you can't answer, yes. but I, I want, I want to know like what you feel good about right now in this moment moving forward. Ooh, what, what, I, what I feel good about. Yeah. What do you feel good about right now in this moment, in this time? Hmm. Like during quarantine, just, just in general, <laughs> like in, in, in your this... life, just hopeful oh. for every day. Yeah, I mean, so when I was in California, and actually, this is, I think this is actually a list that I started in college, but I feel like I'm a person who I've always sort of been like busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. And so I made this list, like, it's on notes on my phone. Yeah. And I think I started in college and wrote in it in California. And it was like, wow. things I would do um, if I had more time, mm-hmm. right? Or like, and they're all things that I love, but I feel like when life is so busy, I just don't do. Um, and so, um, and not just during quarantine, I guess, but like since moving to Chicago, I feel like I've been able to do some of those things like drive to Grand Rapids, Michigan and see college friends for Mm -hmm. a weekend. And like, um, you know, like have a neighborhood that I love and have a church community and, be part of a small group where like the people actually become my friends, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, so it's just been amazing to see like, gosh, like the place I never thought I would end up is the the place where I'm getting to do all of these things that like really fill up my soul mm. that I like so long, like so for so long have like craved and longed for. So wow. I think to answer your question, I'm just like, feel really like good and blessed to just, be where I am and like be able to be doing those things that like I feel like you know kind of nourish my soul. I really appreciated Enrica's story because I feel like there's so much in there that's so relatable especially that season post-college where we just really have no idea what's going on what we're doing what we're supposed to do where we're supposed to be and we have this goal in mind and we just want to accomplish it, but then the goal shifts and mm. you just really don't know what you're juggling. <laughs> exactly. And that whole thing about arriving in life and being your own good mother, I feel like that applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. Thinking about what, it's almost like saying, what would Jesus do in that mm-hmm. moment? Um, you know, be your own good mother. How would Jesus take care of you? Exactly. Exactly. And arriving, knowing like, knowing and that it's not it's okay it's okay that we haven't arrived in life and we're still getting through this we're still walking